Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is not Vicky Barcelona. She's still sniffling. Yep, she's on assignment, and the assignment is allergies. Across across from me, like we said, not Vicky, because I... I'm just so used to patterns and stuff like that. But yes. we got BJ Shea over there. It's all about the patterns. <laughs> He's the show's namesake. And running the boards is Joey D. Hello. On today's show, we will get some information about San Diego Comic-Con and the PlayStation 5 from Gareth von Kallenbach. I'll talk about a television show that, well, unfortunately, since Vicky isn't here, I'll talk about the little bit of that I watched that she already binged, a show called Crossing Swords. What? And then we always got that more. More. Ah, yes. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so by uh, going to BJGeekNation.com. You can find uh, all of our podcasts, the previous ones, and uh, all of the social media links. And then, of course, that more. More. (laughs) That is kind of fun with that. And you can also send us an email, BJGeekNation at gmail.com. And uh, I want to give a shout out because, well, local gaming stores are, they're in a weird spot right now. And they have been for some months. And we, when we talked about last Wednesday about the uh, the ending of uh, of Corner Comics and Comics Dungeon, yeah, uh, you need to support your local businesses if you want to see them stick around. And sometimes it's buying uh, gift cards or just b- ordering online. Or if you're fortunate enough to have a place that is open, going to those places and patronizing those. And one of the ones that you guys love to go to is Zulu's Board Game Cafe. I was just there this past Saturday. I know. And you brought me back uh, something that was quite amazing. Well, you told me to patronize my local game store. And I thought, well, I know somebody that would love this. (laughs) It was so hands down amazing. Uh, I get a picture and it's of a Funko Baby Yoda. And I'm like... All right, that's kind of cool. That's kind of neat. And uh, then the next picture was our good friend Josh from the Board Game Alliance holding it. And this thing is gigantic. Yeah, it's you really had to send two pictures because otherwise you'd think, oh, it's a Funko Pop. Okay. Yeah. And then you see a grown man holding this giant rectangular <laughs> box and you're like, whoa, that is a Funko monster. Yeah, it is a giant-sized Baby Yoda. So it's about actual baby-sized. And uh, I told, I think I said, I was like, uh, I don't even know how much it costs. I want it. And I was going to buy it immediately. And you brought it to me. I've got it. Yes. It's now resting comfortably with my uh, life-sized Yoda statue that I have in my house. So uh, they're together. Yeah, the two uh, the two doormen. Yes, they're all together. <laughs> my house. So patronize those local businesses because you might find a baby Yoda. Oh, yeah, 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 do whatever you can. And, of course, the good folks at Zulus have been doing a great job, you know, navigating COVID so that they can get games to people. They make family meals that they deliver curbside. But now they have outdoor dining and the uh, socially distant indoor dining and gaming and, and shopping, and it's, it's good. Nice. Right? And Rev has a really cool bar. I suggest he gets the baby Jawas because they look amazing and have mm. a whole band now, of them. That was the thing. I was looking on the on the back of, back of that Funko packaging because there's a lot of packaging right there to deal with that, and they showed a whole bunch of different Funkos with that same number because it's like number 369. Yeah. So there's a giant, I think there might be giant Jawas, and there was a couple of other ones like a giant like giant-sized Mandalorian and some other things. But, yeah, getting a bunch of those Jawas might be hilarious just to put like – 
Put them in my yard. Oh, someone's probably going to steal them. No, them, but not the Jawas. Yeah, maybe, maybe oh, uh, yeah, bolt do them down one. to the yard or something like that. Not a, gar- <laughs> not a garden gnome, but a garden Jawa. Right? Yeah. It's perfect. I didn't never, I've never seen a pop that big. No. So if they have other ones, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I might have to ask some of my uh, friends over at Funko and see, hey, guys, do you have more of these yeah, giant things? Because yeah. these are really cool. We want giant Jawas is all we're saying. <laughs> we really want life-size Jawas is what we're looking for. Totally. Uh, sometimes some of the collecting, uh, collecting you can do is actually at a Comic-Con. Well, not right now. Oh. Um, but we did get some news from Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach about what is happening at San Diego Comic-Con and also some games from the PS5. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed, and there is some big news going on in the video game world, which we will get to. But also, San Diego Comic-Con is going live for like a year and a half, right, to get through all the content? <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. So what they're doing in uh, on July 22nd, they're going to be doing the four days that they originally had planned for the show. Now, it is uh, free for everybody, um, no uh, limits. They even have a ticket, uh, excuse me, a badge that you can print out and wear so you have a commemorative <laughs> item. Now, here's what is very interesting. A lot of people have been asking and speculating, what are we going to see? There's no filming. Is it going to be kind of like WonderCom that basically had a couple of live tweets, had a virtual cosplay, had a, um, you know, a few panels, and then between now and then, there have been a few panels from some uh, old and new, some of the local uh, and various people doing panels. And then the other day, we got uh, kind of a clue as to what was expected. We got an email from the press department essentially saying, hey, your current badges aren't um, active, and we, we figured that, but we need you to opt in for these virtual press passes. Oh, Now, essentially... It's their way of saying who's covering, but here was the kicker. It was because they wanted an accurate count to send to the studios and their reps. This is what's done whenever we confirm our passes to tell them, hey, these people are available, hit them up for interviews, or if you want them at your panels or your live things, that sort of thing. So that tells me, okay, the major studios are involved. And as we talked about last week, we're going to be seeing some Uh, filming potentially resuming soon, depending on the local health offices. So here is where it gets really interesting. We um, were updated. Now, of course, this is all rumor. It hasn't been set officially by Comic-Con. Totally. We have been told that Stumptown, Motherland, Fort Salem, and uh, the Goldbergs have already confirmed as being a part of the virtual San Diego Comic-Con and Stumptown it is the main cast. It's Colby, it's Michael, and it's Jake. Oh, Goldberg's wow. full thing. And there were a couple of others, newer things I hadn't heard about. So we had speculated, what are we going to see over four days? It looks like they're going to try to do as much as they can. We've even heard there may be some games, some contests. Um, there's plenty of stuff on the streaming services hasn't debuted. I know a lot of people think the Godzilla versus Kong trailer might be safe for that. I had a speculation the other day that since the CW has been very active at Comic-Con, could they possibly use that as the opportunity to reveal the new Batwoman? Uh, things like that. So it looks like we're going to have a really nice event here. 
That's awesome just in terms of like that's the big news thing that comes out because of where they're placed. I mean, they're down near Hollywood, so uh, it's always been that big thing. It's I know everyone's like, well, you know, it's a Comic-Con. Why are they talking about stuff like CW shows? Well, first off, there's a lot of comic books in the CW shows. And then also at the same point in time, it's just really location on a lot of that. Well, it's like you said, I tell people, comics became movies and TV shows, movies and TV shows have become comics. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> now, let's go into the video game world, because PlayStation had their massive PS5 reveal, and we'll get to that, but actually today, there is a game that I think a lot of people are interested in. The Last of Us 2, yes, yeah. that is correct. It is rolled out. And it has been getting rave reviews, as expected. I mean, Naughty Dog's games always do. Between The Last of Us and the Uncharted series, they you know they do set the standards. And what I'm really curious about is I'm hoping to get uh, involved with it soon. Is if you remember when the first one came out for the PS3, even though they made a PS4 version shortly after PS4 launched, there was a lot of talk that the PS3, uh, the original push the limits of the PS3's capacity. And I'm really, really curious to see with um, the PS5 coming this fall, is this one going to push the PS4 to its limits, or will it be, um, you know, for those that have the Pro, where there'll still be room to spare, that sort of thing. But I think we can all agree it is going to be an epic achievement. Although, interestingly enough, the writer said... Some people may not like it. Really? I guess something to do with maybe the way the story goes or something oh, like okay. that. But yeah. It's been rave reviews so far, so well, that- can't wait to give it a shot. <laughs> exactly. And that means I guess I need to uh, follow my buddy Joe's advice, who's been yelling at me to play The Last of Us. And I downloaded it. I bought it on uh, the uh, PlayStation Network because I've got the PS4. And I've played a little bit of it, but it looks like I need to finish it now so I can get into The Last of Us 2. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, uh, don't forget the DLC. Oh, damn it, there's DLC too. Okay, fine, yeah. whatever. So I'll eventually get to Last of Us 2. Uh, but the PlayStation 5 had the reveal like I talked about, so I wanted to run down some of those games as well. Let's start off with a game that you said that was very interesting called Deathloop. Yes, Deathloop really took us by surprise because the parent company had uh, kind of said, oh, we're not going to do our own thing. We don't really have anything to show. And then lo and behold, there were two things that there's uh, <laughs> in this thing. Now, this is from Arcane Studios, who uh, were the folks behind the Dishonored games. Oh, okay. And so it's a very interesting concept that, as we can understand from the trailer, it's two assassins, rival assassins. And the one, the female assassin is trying to take out the male. He possibly is trying to take out her, but also complete various mission objectives. But he's caught in a time loop. So it's kind of like that um, situation where boom, 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 dot, dead. Go back and do it all over again. But not in a way like it's restarting the level, if that makes sense. It's supposedly, you know... Two people locked in mortal conflict with each other, but there's also a time loop factor to it. And it just looks very interesting. It's got a a unique graphical style to it. The characters are very interesting, um, and it looks like it's got plenty of action. So it'd be really interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of just when you're talking about that concept of the uh, movie uh, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, was mm. thinking about that Star Trek episode where the Enterprise kept blowing up and blowing up and blowing up. But <laughs> I think there's a, a more of a twist to it. And as anybody who played the um, Dishonored series knows, there are some unusual elements that do pop up from time to time with manipulating uh, things, time and space, and that sort of thing. So nice. I think it's an you know a, a expansion of that. Right on. And uh, one uh, one of the things that got a lot of people super excited was an announcement of a new Spider-Man. Now, I've heard a couple of things that the Miles Morales Miles Morales Spider-Man is going to be a standalone game. Then I suddenly heard it was going to be DLC. Then I heard it was going to be a standalone game again. Do you have a definitive answer on that? They actually just put something out yesterday. Now, as we are told, it is a standalone game that features Miles Morales's origin story, but expands upon the previous game. Oh. And an interesting thing about that was they said, hey, don't worry, Peter Parker is fine, <laughs> but his story is told in a different, i.e., we're working on a Peter Parker game, or at least have one mapped out, and they felt it was, it was important to tell Miles' origin. Now, cynical me, I would say, well, it sounds to me like you're gearing up for the next one to have both of them in it. Dude, yeah, right? And so that's kind of where they're at now. So you bring up a very valid point about, you know, what is it? There's this part of me that says, I wonder if it's going to be like a thirty nine ninety nine standalone game where it's going to be not quite the full bells and whistles for fifty nine ninety nine. But Miles' origin story, plenty of missions and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. at a, and that's why they're being vague about, is it a game, is it a, that sort of thing. So Okay, so yeah, they haven't really given a full answer. But I, I mean, there's going to be plenty of content that it comes down with Miles. And Miles is a super popular character anyway, who deserves his own video game. Uh, and it'll be exciting to do that. And again, talking about video games, maybe I'll pull out my Spider-Man PS4 game out of uh, the cellophane, because I'm, a, I'm actually a really terrible gamer. I buy the games and I'm not playing them, Gareth. It's not a good thing. <laughs> Another game that a lot of people were freaking out about in both a good and a, I don't want to say bad way, but just in a, I'm going to play this game with all of the lights on in the middle of the day, uh, clutching my teddy bear, is Resident Evil 8. Yes, The Village. Now, that one really uh, took a lot of people by surprise. Now, I have to admit, I'm a little behind on the Resident Evil games. I haven't uh, played the last one and uh, some of them, so, you know, between the Resident Evil and then the reboots and then the various animated movies, the live action movies, <laughs> and of course, the, you know, Umbrella Cores, the rail shooters and all the various ones. I played some of them. Um, but I, I, I want to say that I think on the core games that I probably the last one I played was six. So little behind on uh, various things. But one of the things that looked interesting about it was they put it out there. And it didn't look to me like a Resident Evil game at first as the trailer was going. It looked creepy. I could tell it was a horror game. You could do that and various other ways to tease people along. And then all of a sudden, they you know, get to this really intense part of the trailer, and it just says, The Village. And I go, huh, hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. And then The Village morphs into 8. And that's when I was like, oh, 
that is clever. <laughs> that is really clever. And that, you know, it, it, and it just goes to show you, they didn't need to put Resident Evil anywhere on that screen. The moment I saw the eight, I knew exactly what I was looking at. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people are really excited for this game. Me too, because for, like you said, it's been a long time since I've gotten into a Resident Evil game, but it has some of the most iconic monsters you've ever seen in your entire life. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, and to clarify, I did play the demo for the last one. I didn't play the full one, but that was, uh, you know, they, they went away from the infected in Raccoon City. And you were in that house with those creepy situations and going through and exploring in the dark. And it was just this constant, yeah, you know, the lights are on here. Um, maybe I need to take up the sun blinds here because it's getting pretty <laughs> creepy. And, and I was playing it on a really big screen television. It's like, yeah, no, th- maybe, I, <laughs> maybe I need to rethink my plan here. <laughs> this is one of those games where I'm definitely not wearing my Turtle Beach uh, headphones because it's too much. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then finally, this is an old standby, one of those favorite games that people have played a long time uh, over the course, I think, of maybe of all the PS uh, PlayStations, uh, is Ratchet and Clank. Absolutely. So Ratchet and Clank into the Rift. Uh, as you said, the it's a staple of the PlayStation consoles. Um, the last one was very popular on the PS4, and they had the movie the animated movie as well to try to expand the universe into the cinematic uh, setting. And so people are very excited about this. And one of the things that is appealing is it's a game that the family can play. Teenagers can play. Adults can play. And you can play on your own. You can do the co-op. And I think it's a case of there's a familiarity with the game. You know what to expect, but you also know that they're going to have all sorts of fun quirky new little things you know you're going to be using your tools and your weapons to manipulate the objects and fight the bad guys and you know move around the maps and stuff like that but they always come up with very clever things like the last one had that infamous uh sequence on the moving train over the futuristic city Mm -hmm. and that was a lot of fun and of course the story is engaging the characters are a lot of fun and it looks like they're taking that concept in terms of the, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Let's take what worked. Let's show it off with even better graphics, even better frame rates, even better features, sounds, that sort of thing. Because remember, the they've got the haptic tri- triggers on the PS5, so mm-hmm. you'll feel the tensions and that sort of thing. And let's just really go uh, you know, crazy with it. Let's give people the ratchet and clank experience um, that sets the standard going forward. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. As a person who's gamed for so long, uh, I really respect the fact that uh, game companies and they're just they're making sure to put out those platformers that are, you know, essentially just the great games for all players. And we know that there is so much stuff out there, but I'm very excited to hear about all of it. They haven't even begun to scratch the surface on all of the uh, titles that are going to come out. So Gareth will keep you updated. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Thank you so much, Gareth. Thank you, Gareth. Again, Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Now, Joe... Uh, The big question that always comes out there is the console wars. Uh, Both Xbox is going to come out with the One X, and then the PlayStation 5 is coming out. Have you decided which one you're going to be leaning towards as a gamer? Super Nintendo. 
Yes, the Nintendo Switch. No, okay. (laughs) I already Uh, have a Super Nintendo Classic. So funny enough, I did, and I had this big debate with all my uh, industry friends, but they have now convinced me that it must be the PS5. Really? And the reason behind it is is because apparently Microsoft has moved and shifted towards more of a PC slash console gaming idea where they can put their games on both. And I have a PC, so if I ever want to play a Microsoft exclusive, I can play it on my computer. Whereas PlayStation Mm -hmm. has exclusive titles just for the PS5. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to want to play those games, I got to have a PS5. Yeah, and like uh, when the with the big PS5 reveal that Gareth and I talked about, one of those big titles like Ratchet and Clank, like those exclusive titles are going to be the bread and butter for the PlayStation. The only question I would have, because I'm sort of in this myself right now, is what is cheaper for me to get? Is it cheaper for me to get a PC and build it up the way it needs to be built up to run a game like that? Or would it be just a lot cheaper to get a Microsoft Xbox? Uh, Yeah, uh, a PC will never be as cheap as a console. That's what I'm thinking, because I have the problem with a 4X game everyone's been telling me about, and my PC's five, six, seven years old, and it Mm -hmm. can't play this game. Oh, wow. And so, But I know they have it for the Xbox, Yeah. and that's the thing. It's like, oh, man, you know, I just wish somehow they would come up with controllers that would be a mouse that I could hook into my Xbox and work everything because I can't work those controllers on the Xbox. <laughs> I'm old. No. <laughs> I can't do oh, anything anymore. Poor guy. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I've been talking to a lot of friends as well, and everyone's kind of leaning towards the PS5. That's what I've been I mean, eventually I'm going to get both. I mean, I did the same with the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. I bought the PlayStation 4 last year, so I'm kind of like, oh, wow, you are, you are really behind the curve. I was really behind when it came down to it, and it came down to be, uh, I got it because of Red Dead Redemption, um, plus I needed a 4K Blu-ray uh, player, so maybe I'm going to get the PS5 without the drive, because you can still do like cloud stuff, so... Me. And is it backwards compatible? Yes. It is. Okay. Yes, and they've stated that. That's of nice. course, at this point in time, neither Xbox nor PlayStation has said how much price it's going to be uh, or the cost of it. Um, One million dollars. And I think they're playing a little game of chicken there. Like somebody doesn't want to put out their price until uh, somebody else does. But just imagine, usually these things are going to be going between 400 and 500 bucks. Yeah. So expect it to be around that price. But if you're looking to build a PC, I don't know about Joe, but the last time I built a PC, which was like six or seven years ago, to put one together that was pretty good, it was about $1,500. So, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I know, and I, Joey is like, as you're, you know, thinking about these games coming out, you, you're, you're confident that your current PC setup could play whatever this new Microsoft machine is going to throw at you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, their PCs are beasts. They're way better than a console is ever going to be. Mostly because, I mean, you can deconstruct them, right? The big problem with a P- like with like an Xbox or a PlayStation is I can't open it up and change it. Mm-hmm. And the individual parts for a PC you can change, and they always yeah. get more updated and faster well, I, improvements. Uh, well, but I that call being my said, son over to <laughs> maybe I got you help me with my PC issue, son. You ought to come over and upgrade that Uh-oh. bad boy. Sorry, dude. If your PC is seven years old, you're just going to go from the ground up at that point. See, that's the problem. Well, I mean, I don't want to like poo-poo on you there, Joe, but mine's about seven seven or eight years old now at this point in time, and uh, I got a VR uh, hookup, and the only thing I had to update was the video card, and everything else was able to run well. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it, but to your point, it's a really good thing that because you can, if you build it yourself, you can kind of Frankenstein parts together uh, if you're down for doing all of that. This was the last time I did it, and it was kind of a pain in the butt, so I think I'm kind of done 
building PCs now in my life. But, yeah. yeah, and if you went big when you originally bought your PC, and I did, yeah, then yeah, you can update it more because obviously it's about your motherboard and what slots you have and exactly. things like that. Well, maybe I got a good motherboard. Maybe I'm slotted up. But if you can't play a board know. game on your PC, no, it's not a board game. Stellarius is actually a highly graphic. It, oh, uh, okay. know, it's a highly graphic 4X. I mean, 4X games actually started in video games before they. Even, I, I think that. People, people. Then this one guy made Twilight Imperium based on some forex games he saw in video games. So this Stellarius is something, uh, or Stellaris is sweeping everywhere. Like everybody knows this game oh. really well. It's on Steam. It's like you know, and it's a highly graphic game with a lot of cool animations and aliens you get to talk to. I my machine won't run it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I well. just got a brand new MacBook Air. And they're saying it will part of it will run on MacBook Air, but not all of it. There's a lot of work you have to do to get like Steam yeah. stuff to convert over into like Macs generally aren't uh, gaming machines. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's well, this it, is an Air too. It's yeah, not even yeah, like it'll a be MacBook. a rough time for you, dude. Apples are friendly PCs. Yeah. Exactly. It's they're there to do a lot of stuff. Like uh, I generally prefer to do things like uh, like Photoshop or uh, a lot of those other things on a Mac because they seem to be more streamlined and easy and you won't get like just the random programs or uh, like the the hardware that suddenly has a conflict and you're like, I don't know what's going on. So yeah, generally the Macs are going to be better on that end. Oh yeah, yeah, they're great, especially for any like audio or they're really like the work like mm-hmm. powerhouse computer where PCs in general, I mean, they're, I don't want to say they're built for gaming, but let's be honest, the, the graphics <laughs> card industry is absurd and they come out with a new one every year. That's how, it seems yeah. like. That's how it always has been. I know I'll need, I know that I need a new graphics card and I don't know about the motherboard because obviously the processor is important. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. And that's the best part about PCs is every part matters. It's not like you can just go all in on one and then your computer will be good. You have to do everything right. Exactly. Oh. And there is, there's a website, I believe it's called Logical Increments, where it literally puts across all of the uh, like different things. So if you want to spend about $1,500 on a PC, it'll give you all of the gear that will get you to that to a good PC and everything is compatible. And that's what amazes me like the game that I want can run on Xbox. Even oh, they're, I mean, yeah. don't don't sell Microsoft short. They make great consoles. Yeah, so yeah. that's, that's <laughs> kind of like it's kind of like what I'm. I'm just maybe gonna have to see if they, maybe I can try one of those controllers and but, see if I can. But I mean, the thing out. is, like, you got your PC before. I mean, that would be before the Xbox One came out, right? If it was seven years ago, I th- mm, yeah, I yeah. think it's somewhere around that. Yeah. So I if think, you think about it, they had the yeah. newest you know stuff for their console, and they only released newer ones, yeah. and the newer ones are even better. Uh, no time for you to buy a game. Let's play board games. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's even better. Uh, going back to some tele. Television. Vicky hit me to this show and said you needed to watch this. And I was kind of iffy because it's a weird animated stop motion comedy. And it's actually started off as a web television series, oh. uh, but is now on Hulu. And Vicky was like, you need to watch this. And it's called Crossing Swords. So I watched a little bit of it and I was 100% absolutely in. She said it was a little bit like Robot Chicken. And so I was like, oh. oh, I don't want to watch weird action figures doing their thing and just random ones from that. I, I like Robot Chicken, but after a little bit, I got kind of tired of it. This is more along the lines of like an old animated, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer oh. or some of those. Oh, that kind of animation. Yeah. Okay. With, the old Rankin Bass stuff. Yeah. With the characters being almost like those little like Weeble Wobbles or the Duplo creatures. Yeah. Like, so it's like that. Um, but the reason why Vicky loves it, and we'll have her go through it because I've only watched the first episode, um, and she has binged it like three times already. What? Yeah. Like, yeah. She does the background binge where she'll watch it and then kind of catch it. And this is a perfect show for that, actually, because um, it's called Crossing Swords on Hulu, like I said, 
and it is a filthy, dirty, not safe for work, adult animated show based in the past. So it's like dragons and uh, knights. Ah. And the whole premise is it follows Patrick, a good-hearted peasant who lands the coveted squire position at the royal castle. That's what his pilot was. His dream job quickly turns into a nightmare when he learns that his beloved kingdom is run by a hornet's nest of horny monarchs, crooks and charlatans, and more. Even worse, Patrick's valor has made him the black sheep in his family, because all of his siblings are terrible, terrible people. Oh. And now his criminal siblings have returned to make his life hell. War, murder, full frontal nudity. Who knew brightly colored peg people had led such exciting lives? <laughs> Some of the funniest things in this literally are like seeing uh, how they decide to put twigs and berries on a little, little peg puppet. Oh, yeah. Like, just the way, that, and apparently there's a lot of frontal nudity. There's a little bit in the pilot. But Vicky was telling me there's a whole lot more. Oh, congratulations. It's silly. It's dirty. There's a lots of coarse, foul language. So don't watch it with your kids or, you know, the you know grandparents or anything along those yeah, lines. Yeah, you got to be careful because it probably looks like a show a kid would like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just totally. from the figures and all that. Yeah. And then you go, well, no. Like, they're being chased by a dragon in the pilot, and it's using, like, almost like a, uh, like cotton balls like like painted to look like they're fire the fire. Oh, that's funny. Like it's super cute, but also super filthy. Uh Nicholas Holt, who is Beast. Oh, that's what she said was in this, yeah. Yep. He plays Patrick. Luke Evans is in it as the king. Uh, a lot of other people, Tara Strong, which you may know as uh uh one of the biggest people in the voiceover world. Oh yeah. Uh she's done so many things. Uh she is actually uh Coral, Patrick's pirate sister. So ah. there's pirates, there's clowns, there's rogues, there's wizards, there's all sorts of ridiculousness, and the episodes are pretty short. They're about a half hour, and it's like there's only ten of them, so it's absolutely easy to binge, and I I think it's really worth it on that end on that one. So there's another one for you to watch there. Kind of exciting. And uh, let me know how you feel about it, because I like it, Vicky loves it, but also, like I said, it's really filthy. So, be prepared. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let us know how you feel about other shows that you've been watching. Uh, Keep us up to date on all your favorite things. Are you going to pick Xbox? Are you going to pick PlayStation? Let us know. BJGeekNation at gmail.com. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.